Welcome to Forward, the podcast of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance. This is your home for progressive, thought-provoking real talk in the chiropractic profession. Featuring the legends, the innovators, and the thought leaders that move our profession forward. And now your host, Dr. Bobby Maybe. So we are in business with the FTCA podcast. I want to start this with a uh, share screen because that's how we want everyone to sort of check out some information we got. Bring that up. All right. Welcome to the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance podcast. Uh, These are our FTCA partners and sponsors. It's HyperIce, Jane, Drop Release, the T-Tool, China Gel, the Smart Chiropractor, Gestalt Education. And we got a couple more to add to this uh, as we go. And then when it comes to partners, one that is not mentioned here is our exclusive partner, which means we support them. Uh, they don't, they have no obligation to support us, but we love them. And that is World Spine Care. So look for more information from these folks. If you wanna be a member of the Forward Thinking Chiropractic Alliance community, it's at forwardthinkingchiro.com. Uh, if you are a member, you get listed on our membership map. You get deals from our sponsors. You get even more content in our FTCA hub. There's hundreds of hours of content. It's like a Netflix of chiropractic content. Um, and you get lots of other little goodies like that. So check that out. You can check it out at forwardthinkingchiro.com. It's free for students. And that's because the doctors support you. Uh, They subsidize your membership students because we love students in the FTCA. So now let's get down to this. Uh, Hold on just a second, Dr. Bill. There's like a thing I got to push here to get uh, an echo out of my ears as we go. Okay, so now we're Dr. William Tortorello. I got it right. So there's a backstory to this. (laughs) The backstory is when I was in the military, and today's Veterans Day, so happy Veterans Day to all veterans out there and all people with family members that served. Uh, If you're in a different country and you have uh, veterans, I love your veterans too, unless they run up against us in our military, then you got hell to pay, whatever. But uh, when I was first in the military, uh, I was a medic, but my first job was working in a large regional hospital in the records department. So it also shows my, it it began my passion for documentation, I guess, and and correct documentation because I had to file like stacks of, of records every single day. paper records they had paper sounds records. like my personal nightmare um and it was a training facility so it was a training base uh so after uh soldiers got out of basic training they would go to this base and learn their job whatever their job was okay. so in the air force there would be like medical assistants the guy the airplane mechanics jet mechanics the guys that would load bombs on airplanes air traffic controllers so they would come in they would stay a couple months then they would leave and they and you hand carried your records everywhere you went so they would carry their records to the next base and then they'd turn it into that hospital well they would all sit in this big lobby and then you had to go out there and uh call their name out for them to come up and get their record so there'd be like 200 uh airmen out there and if I didn't have to scream out loud every single name on God's green earth, every ethnicity you can imagine, the, the Italians, the Arabians, the Spanish, Who makes you think I'm Italian? the Mexicans, <laughs> the, uh, the African names, every name you could possibly imagine. And I was good at it too. And then as I got older, I fell out of practice. And I spent an hour worrying about saying, saying Tortorello wrong. <laughs> you said it beautifully. You said um, it beautifully. So I, I wanted to talk to you today because I recently did a presentation for the American Chiropractic Association for their Engage 2022. Cool. It was called, um, it, it, I don't even remember the title. It was uh, Diversity in Motion. So we were talking about, we, mm-hmm. I was combining not only the, the subject of diversity, which is a hot topic right now, mm-hmm. and a very, a very important topic for the ACA right now in their stance on diversity and rehab at the same time. So basically yeah. the, the talk is about how you have to consider different people's backgrounds, experiences, um, 
and their own takes on the world and then still do good rehab. Okay. Because if you forget or you, you lapse in some of those things, you're not going to be very effective. You're not going to be as efficient. Yeah, sure. So one of, one of the takeaways there, I gave them a couple pieces of advice of things they needed to do to be good at covering diverse populations with rehab, you know, uh, learning motivational interviewing, uh, learning how to use outcome assessment tools appropriately for communication, um, understanding what things like intersectionality mean, all those sort of things. But one of the pieces that was in there that was covered as well is that you need to have a good assessment. You need to be able to assess what you're dealing with first so that you can, you can do good motivational interviewing so that you can right. incorporate the right approach and all that. So I wanted to bring you on. I wanted to talk about assessment because I, I don't think, I mean, there's a short list. There's, there, it, 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 when it comes to my mind about who would I talk to about assessment, the list is pretty damn short, right? Yes. Yeah, it is. I mean, you know, um, I, and you're on the list. <laughs> well, I, I appreciate that. I, I thank you very much for considering me. Yes, the, for number one, thanks for having me on. And thank you so much for considering me over the past several years. You really helped um, me personally a lot. And the FTCA has been great with um, just uh, spreading the good word, basically. But, you know, as far, uh, for those of you who may not know me personally, um, I am a DNS instructor, uh, Dynamic Neuromuscular Stabilization. Um, I've been in practice since 2006, in private practice since 2006, um, full-time. Uh, I had taught at uh, National University of Health Sciences um, in the Rehabilitation Department or Clinical Sciences Department teaching rehab for about four years. Um, I no longer teach there anymore. Um, in 2007, I took my first DNS course and just obviously continued taking the courses. Um, in 2014, I went to Prague for the first time. In 2019, I went back. Um, I was asked to come to take the uh, instructor's course. And since 2019, I've been an instructor uh, for them. And myself and Robert Lardner, who is a physical therapist out of Chicago, and I'm based out of Chicago, um, he's been a personal mentor of mine since essentially 2007. And uh, for those of you who may not know Robert Lardner or have never heard of him, he's one of the senior international instructors for, D for DNS. He's been in practice um, for about 30 years. Uh, he taught at National University of Health Sciences, although I wasn't there or he wasn't there when I, when I was there. He's taught and assisted courses for every kind of technique system from McKenzie and Mulligan to chiropractic stuff, everything you've ever heard of. Um, and he was first there uh, when the Prague School and Yanda and Levitt were doing their thing. He was in Prague with them taking courses directly from them. Um, so over the past kind of 15 years of observing him and hounding him and questioning him about his kind of approach, he, uh, we've honed this approach into a new DNS course called DNS Integrative Assessment. Um, we split this course up into kind of two parts for just no other reason than it was a lot of information and the two parts that we kind of separated into is um, axial skeleton, essentially taking care of the spine and pelvis first. And then the second course is um, taking care of extremities and more functional chain, muscle chain kind of things. Um, but the main point is that this is a neurocentric approach to assessment. This is, in one sense, it always, it doesn't seem, um, controversial to me that this is the way to do it. It's not like we invented something new or Robert and I have thought of something new. It's just essentially a provocative approach to assessment that is based on constantly checking the central nervous system to see, um, number one, where the person's central nervous, central nervous system is at right then and there when they're in the office. And then 
how it responds to your manual therapy technique, to your um, breathing technique, to your kinesio tape, to your dry needling, or to your DNS exercise. So it's just constant, it's a constant provocative approach. And when I say provocative, basically, we get a bunch of baseline information initially, then we do something to the patient, and then we check the baseline information again to see how the patient responds. Oh, yeah. Well, this was also a part of my presentation for the ACA as well as the uh, clinical audit process, which mm -hmm. this is, um, you know, in, a, in essence, is the clinical audit process is do something and then retest, yeah. but, but yeah. in motion, in situ, you know, it's not mm -hmm. like do something and then check a couple of days later. It's right. on the fly as things are moving. Yeah. What kind of central nervous system things are we looking for here? Are we looking for, are we freaking the central nervous system out or are we calming it down or are we being able to manage the positions we're in? So that's a good question. I mean, there, there are, number one, there's kind of a primary global screen. So regardless of what your complaint is, we are going to check, we're going to, number one, we will check range of motion of various joints you know, nothing controversial, nothing out of the ordinary, spinal range of motion, but also range of motion of the four, four main quadrants, essentially, both hips and both shoulders, checking for its ability to rotate and things like that. Just noting any significant asymmetries, not making a diagnosis, not even directing any treatment, just noting it. Um, we'll also take, we'll also palpate, um, we call it a nociceptive screen, essentially. We'll, palp we'll palpate. We have our specific areas where we, where we tend to palpate. Um, but essentially, we'll tell, we'll tell you know, docs that just palpate tissues, get an idea of if they're sensitive. Um, that's why we call it a nociceptive screen. It's not you know, me rubbing to, to locate this tender point and that trigger point And, oh, I think I feel this here. There's a little bit of that. But it's just simply, we're palpating side to side, we're palpating uh, general tissues, we're attempting to be as objective with it as possible, meaning, you know, applying the same amount of pressure and rubbing the same areas, and seeing if the patient is sensitive to it. And we just note that. Um, we will do, again, what we call functional muscle testing, but it's essentially just um, uh, manual muscle testing of regional muscles. Um, just to get an idea if there's any significant inhibition. Um, we will. Oh my also... God, applied kinesiology. So gross, so gross. <laughs> well, this no, is the no. fire, yes, fire. Yeah. Your oh, that's testing. What, that's <laughs> well, palpating. I mean, my God, don't touch <laughs> ah. the patient. Yeah. Um, but, uh, and, and then there's motion palpation involved for joint restriction. Motion palpation. Oh my, even more like, ah. yeah. Yeah. Well, here's um, kind of like my take on an assessment before you keep going. It's like, oh, no, yeah, go it's over. gotta be as open and glow. It's like a funnel of sorts, right? Like it's gotta be as open, just checking, just looking at stuff yeah. as possible and then start to whittle down to what, what really needs to be focused on. Or you're not really, and then that leads to some sort of direction, or you're not going to have any direction, and then it has to be efficient time-wise. That's that's definitely the and something we have to talk about it. with DNS here, my friend, in a little yeah. bit. But I'll let you oh, yeah. keep going. Yeah. No, I mean, in addition to that kind of primary screen of checking range of motion, muscle testing, palpating, things like that, uh, neurodynamic testing, um, then we start to get into what we kind of call distortion testing or, or true provocative testing, which is, again, this, you know, comes from Robert and my experience of, you know, using, first of all, we use pelvic blocks, put somebody's, block their pelvis, provoke the pelvis into particular torques or directions, see how much they tolerate it. Um, put, then start provoking the spine into flexion, extension, all, all, all the planes of motion, see how well they tolerate that. Are they sensitive to particular directions or vectors or are they not? Um, and we just start to, just what you said, we're starting globally by kind of checking, getting a baseline of everything. And we're starting to narrow it down to kind of, okay, at least in the first part of the course, we're making sure that the spine and the pelvis, we're ruling it out. 
just like everybody else does, just like McKenzie does, just like, you know, any serious chiropractic, any serious clinician would do is rule out central problems before they start going local or distal. Um, and that's what we're at least attempting to do in the first course, as well as once we kind of rule out anything major going on or, and, and treating the spine and the pelvis, then we start checking respiration. Respiration, how well are you capable of breathing, as well as how well are you capable of bracing um, or controlling the pelvis and lumbar spine. And we have our little variety of techniques that we use to assess it and treat it. And it's all, it's those kinds of things are all based on DNS. Uh, and that's where we plug DNS in. And DNS is kind of the underlying thing uh, that kind of guides our perspective and approach even during the assessment itself. You know, our understanding of why there might be asymmetries or why this hip is lacking internal rotation, we're always coming at it from a uh, developmental DNS perspective. Here's an interesting question I just thought of. Could somebody utilize the integrative assessment and then not utilize DNS as the output? Um, of course you could. It, or does all, do all signs lead to DNS? Um, well, I guess I would say that initially, like some of the primary kind of, for whatever you want to call it, correctives or manual treatments or things for some of the things that we're finding, it, they're manual therapy techniques. You know, they're, right. they, and they can be anything, again, from using the pelvic blocking to adjustments, to mobilizations, to, to McKenzie style stretching, things like that, uh, dry needling, any of that stuff. So in that sense, the, the assessment can lead to any particular manual therapy technique that you like. Uh, but the caveat is you have to go back and recheck all of the things that we are telling you to recheck. And if you get, if you see positive results, good, keep doing whatever you're doing, because obviously the central nervous system likes what you're doing. If uh, you don't, then you could change it up. Now, going a step further, we would say that to, you know, train resiliency and endurance and control over motion, of course, we're DNS instructors, so right. we have a bias to we like that kind of approach. Um, we prefer that perspective on stabilization and movement. So the exercises and things like that are based on DNS principles. The one thing I would say is that kind of makes it a little bit maybe different than a typical DNS course is that we, we use the phrase, we're biasing the exercises. Sure. So we're, we're, using the DNS positions and principles to create kind of truly, you know, unique exercises based on what we found in the assessment. So, um, you know, we might add resistance to a particular motion um, that typical DNS might not immediately tell you to do, but because of what we found in our assessment, we're gonna add resistance to that motion. So that's, that's what we're using. So, but ultimately you can choose whatever exercise approach you want, just as long as you go back and assess the patient and see if you, uh, how their nervous system responded. If their nervous system responds great, then good, continue doing what you're doing. If not, we have this approach that we like. And uh, as long as we're getting good changes in the nervous system, that's all we really care about. Well, let's take it back a couple steps. So we'll put up the, uh, the old scene from Office Space, one of the greatest movies <laughs> ever made. But, you know, when it comes to DNS, God. what the heck is DNS for those that don't know? Or what would you say you do here when it comes to DNS? So for those of you who don't know, DNS stands for Dynamic Neuromuscular Stabilization. Um, it is an approach that came out of the Prague School of Rehabilitation back in the mid-90s to late 90s um, by a guy, a doc named Pavel Kolaj. Um, he was a direct student of some of the, father, the fathers of manual medicine and rehab that came out of the Prague School as well. Guys like Carol Levitt, Vladimir Yanda, 
um, Moisha Shova, Vasla Voita. These guys um, are considered some of the fathers of manual medicine or at least contemporary uh, rehab. And this is a principled approach utilizing the tenets of development of human motor development. Um, and the tenets of human motor development, of course, go throughout your whole life, but essentially the first 16 to 18 months of every human goes through the same typical developmental milestones that produce and, um, and, and, and endure throughout life. And these milestones, again, I would say they're not controversial. There are textbooks on human motor development that anybody can go look at. And at neonates, through the first three months, at six months, at eight months, at nine months, at 10 months, typical things are seen in a timeline. Um, and this is genetically hardwired into every human's brain. It's part of our software. And the idea is that you know, if I have a, a typical patient and for whatever reason, I believe that I need to train lumbar spine stability. Um, I can, of course, go to some basic kind of exercises because I've heard that there are particular muscles that are responsible for good core stability. The DNS perspective says, well, when was the very first time our brains actually controlled and stabilized your lumbar spine? According to human motor development, it occurs at about three months old in the supine position. So we're utilizing that pattern that we see during initial human motor development, and we're trying to reproduce it um, at any point in life. And one idea is that this is because this is by definition a natural thing to the nervous system, it is hardwired into your nervous system. Um, number one, you will have easy access to it. And that means you'll also be able to carry it over into more functional things or more or, or other activities that don't exactly follow strict patterns of development. You'll have the easiest and best chance of actually carrying it over, which is what everybody wants in rehab. You know, you're doing exercises and you want to be able to throw the baseball faster, spike the volleyball, run the mile faster, and we're trying to get carryover. And the alternative to that is if I give exercises that are actually antithetical to the developmental perspective, the idea is that, well, your brain doesn't necessarily know what to do with that. Your central nervous system does not know what to do with the input of this artificially constructed exercise. You might be able to do the exercise well, um, but you'll have a more difficult time getting it ingrained for carryover into more recreational and functional activities. That's the idea. So you have all these principles of development that we are trying to constantly use as the foundation for our perspective on things from stabilization to posture and movement. Or you can create a compensation to uh, over to, to build a bridge to the new exercise that doesn't make much developmental sense. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> or you can say move however you like. You know, there's you no can. such thing as as. There are no rules. Yeah, <laughs> there, are there are no, no rules. rules. Nothing matters. It's the postmodern approach. It is. To it is. <laughs> Postmodernism's here. You gotta you gotta accept that it's here, but that doesn't mean it has to make sense. That's here's right. here's the next part about what do you do around here? So how does DNS look? What does it look like inside of a practice? Like what are you doing? It sounds. Yeah to the average uh, practitioner, like sort of a manual therapy and sort of a rehab? Mm, that's actually, that's funny that you say that because of course you can be the DNS practitioner and clinician who is treating high level athletes, uh, high level performers, and you're, you know, you don't have them crawling on the ground or lying on their back all day long. You're doing higher level, more functional training type stuff that a lot of the other DNS instructors are into. Um, but I think that at least Robert and myself kind of get into more of primary rehab. 
you know, we are going to do things on the table with you. We're going to do things on your side, on all fours, in half kneeling and upright standing and things like that. But we are focused on trying to get at a central nervous system response. Um, that, of course, that happens when you do the higher level exercises too. But I've always kind of joked with Robert or said, you know, like a basic kind of core developmental exercise in DNS, supine four and a half month position, lying on your back, leg, hips and knees and triple flexion focused on bracing and breathing. That is as much of a manual therapy technique as it is an exercise. Sure. You know, we're getting the effects of what you would want to get out of a manual therapy, but we're doing it in the form of an active exercise. So it's, and I, and I feel like all of the truly developmental exercises are 50, 50, a manual therapy technique versus, you know, any type of strength endurance. Of course there's, you know, strength and endurance and is involved. But it's like the reason we're doing this is to give your brain and nervous system awareness of these support points, awareness of what it feels like for the muscles to pull or contract in this way, awareness of your for you to be able to breathe in these positions effectively. And that produces the results that you would want any manual therapy te technique to do. How much conversation is going on during a session where you're trying to raise awareness? Is it, is um, it a lot of like, do you feel this? Can you, do you notice this? There's a bit, there's a bit of that. Um, initially, you know, it's a lot of education, just simply kind of education. Yeah. It's like, this is why we're setting you up in this position. Um, this is what your rib cage or abdomen ought to kind of look like or feel while we're doing the exercise. Um, while we're doing the, you know, I've kind of go through it each exercise. I'll kind of show them the position or the posture. Um, I'll talk to them about the major support points for each for the exercise we're doing, meaning where they should, you know, you're lying on your back. Of course, your entire back is in contact with the table. But for the basic supine four months position, there are certain areas that need to be in contact, you know, that you can focus on. For example, your thoracolumbar junction, um, scapular, uh, your shoulder blades, the spine of your scapula, and your nuchal line. Those should be in contact. So while you're doing this, I've told you it. Yeah, I should. You Have posture. you seen these people out yeah. here lately? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't get it across to my wife. Are you kidding me? <laughs> you don't know what the hell. Why should I listen to you? That's what I get <laughs> when she's doing Pilates and whatever else. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. But it's show them the posture, tell them, talk to them about the support points, and then tell them what we intend to do with the exercise. Then we put them in, then I get them in the exercise. And while we're doing it, I'm visually watching them do it. I'm tactily kind of feeling some things, maybe telling them, give me some pressure out here, push out here, uh, try to contract here or breathe into this area. And then if I feel like it doesn't look right or seem right, I'm telling them, you know, do you feel your shoulder blades into the ground? Do you feel your, or your TL junction touching the table? Because those support points are important. So that's kind of it is always a combination of, you can add resistance, of course, to the exercise to make, so I guess here's the thing. You can add resistance to an exercise to actually make it easier for the patient to do it by adding a bit of resistance, that's feedback. If I add a lot of resistance, now it's a resistance exercise. Yeah. That's different. So. And that's where actually when you want, if, you, if you've ever seen collage um, work with the patients, he will add resistance to things. And a lot of the times he's adding resistance in a particular way to get them to be able to activate and feel what he wants them to feel. He's not doing it because he wants to do 10 reps of some of a resistance exercise. He's doing it for, uh, you know, for sensory input, basically. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then another way of doing that is to not necessarily add resistance, but you try to destabilize them. 
You know, I've got you in a side-lying position where your up your head, neck, and shoulder are seem to be in a good supportive position. You seem to be able to breathe there. Well, now I'm going to push here. I'm going to push there to try to destabilize you. If I push too much, it's going to be too much. If I push right. just enough, now you're going to get the input that I want to have a good output in your central nervous system. Well, as I was thinking, like when you're assessing somebody or when you're working with someone, you, you do want to challenge them and not break them in the process. Yeah. And breaking doesn't have to mean pain. You just don't want that. I mean, you want to get them close to failing without absolute failure, which that's can be the mad. That's the great. That's it. Which yeah, can be destructive for the process sometimes, too. Yeah. Um, Next question about DNS would be, and it comes along with the clinical audit process as well, is what objectives are we looking at to know whether somebody is progressing or not? And we take pain off the table, so we're, we're not doing pain. Um, yeah. So now we have functional. Notice I didn't necessarily, I didn't mention pain. In well, the, I know you would. You're, you're, <laughs> you're the expert. You're the pro. Well, no, I'm not the <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm guiding the, uh, I'm guiding the listener and the viewer along. So pain's <laughs> off the table, but we have to know how are we improve? How do we know we're improving? Well, and some of this can be, uh, ephemeral. I always use that. I use that word like two podcasts in a row now, but some of it could be like really dialed in for a DNS practitioner because you might be more talented at understanding breathing patterns and things like that than other people. Mm -hmm. Is there a solid objective way to measure progress? Again, this is this is the typical kind of question that people ask at every DNS seminar. Good, I well, love these. How people. do you? <laughs> how do, number one? How do you know when to go on to the next exercise? Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's how long can you have them lying on their back breathing? Chiropractors um, are very, very step by step. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, Tell me I mean, what to do is, next. This is all the questions I asked a bajillion times too. And in, I guess the answer is not uh, surprising. It's you go back to your assessment and if they pass the assessment that they weren't passing before, now it's time to move on. So there's that. Um, there is, so let's, you know, patient comes in for the first time, I go through our integrate DNS integrative assessment with them. Things come up. I do some manual techniques. I adjust them. I show them a particular X DNS exercise. They go home. They do some of what I tell them to do. They come back. I go, all right, number one, of course I ask them and I'm concerned about their painful symptom. I am. I mean, that's you have to acknowledge one piece. It. Yes. You have to, that's you have to honor piece. it. Oh yeah. Definitely. And, but I just say that's one piece. I mean, you know, if your pain didn't go down, but you passed every other test that you weren't passing before, I feel good about the situation. So when they come in the second time, I ask them how they're doing and if there's any subjective improvements, functional improvements, and then I go right to the assessment again. And if they pass things that they hadn't passed before, or, you know, they're no longer asymmetrical, they're no longer sensitive to my palpations, I say, well, you must have been doing what I asked you to do because I, it all kind of follows. I might say, do you have any particular questions about that exercise that I had you do? No, let's check it. But why don't you show, show it to me? And they show it to me and then we progress. You know, it's okay, well, now we're gonna add resistance to it or I'm gonna try to destabilize you or we will move on to the next exercise in the, in the, in the sequence. So it's, it is nothing more than constantly going back and checking to see your it's the you've assessed you do something you come back and you reassess if the reassessment is good you have you have a green light to move forward that's it yeah that's and great. i mean the, the the second part to the our integrative assessment course the second weekend uh, we didn't exactly know exactly what to call it i think we're calling it global strategies now it sounds like a <laughs> it's cool. like we're yeah. taking over the world with global strategies, but it's nothing more than moving out into the extremities for some of the testing, as well as provocative testing of muscle chains. So now and does the assessment change? So now are we are we looking at more stability still, or now are we looking yes. at power production? We're looking at both. Okay. We're looking at both. It's there is still a bit of 
range of, you know, basic kind of orthopedic assessment, range of motion of joints, palpatory findings, motion palpation, uh, muscle testing more locally. Then it's, okay, well, now we're going to see how well you actually do some of these um, basic stabilization patterns by provoking them or testing them, um, as well as moving them through functional progressions and see how well they do that. You know, do, you, do you ever think there'll be a universal string theory of everything um, in the well, I chiropractic think, I think that's and PT it. world? <laughs> I mean, it's, pretty, it's, it's not complicated once you sort of, once you've been exposed to a couple of different techniques. So you take like SFMA and DNS, and you take these things and you start to notice there is a universal concept to all this. It's global assessment. Uh, more specified assessment uh, with different, whatever you want to call it, like regional, soft tissue, yeah. spinal, neurological. Now we can add in the um, neurodynamic component. And then you, you, whatever you do, do, do whatever you do. <laughs> Got kids, dudes, dudettes, do whatever it is you do, whatever sings to your passions. Uh, some have a bigger, better legacy than others. DNS has a, a fantastic legacy. Others have legacies. I think uh, quartz crystals and or uh, doing the Buddhist bowl. You know, like I was just about to say, legacy. you want to you want to put a crystal on their forehead? Go for it. As long <laughs> as afterwards, them. yes. As long as afterwards you reassess them globally, and go be for intellectually it. honest about what you got. And then, and then we go from there. That seems to be the universal string theory of everything we got here. You're allowed to have your own biases. Yeah. You know, be upfront about your biases, understand other people's critiques and then throw them out the window because people don't know what the hell they're talking about. And then, and then just, and then just go from there. Right. And if you live to that credo and you, you follow in those footsteps and you, you have like, you, you know, you find yourself like in a DNS bucket, or a, a, a you know McKenzie bucket or SFMA, but oh, yeah. like you find the bucket, that's okay, because you're going to be talking with other people within the bucket, and they're smart too, and and you're going to go somewhere, someplace with some smart people, and that's a good thing to do. Uh, if you yeah. if, if you want to walk and talk and be a walking talking skeptic, that's fine too. Just understand that the universal string theory applies to all of it. You still have to assess. And you still have to have a clinical audit process and you still have to do something. You have to do something. <laughs> yeah. and, well, you, I mean, you just said it all that, I mean, that is it. And I guess the one thing I would just say that you said, but it's there, ha it has to be a quality assessment. Oh know? yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if your only assessment for your trigger point therapy is to go rub the trigger point to see if it got better, I wouldn't call that a good quality assessment. If you're only, uh, and I could pick on anything, if your only uh, assessment for how well they did that DNS exercise is to have them do it again for you and you look at it, I wouldn't say that's a good quality assessment either. Um, so you have to go back to this global assessment, some of which again is not uh, anything new. It's, if, uh, it's palpation and range of motion, muscle testing. If I could accurately you know get an idea of people's reflexes just tonic reflexes i would use that that's a nervous sure. system output sure. it's just not you know it's not i can't do it great i can't get an idea of just how sensitive it is every single time right well it specifies the further you get down the funnel you know towards the bottom it's you know we have a we have a slide or, or we in the in the course where it's we go from global to local and then back out to global again. That's yeah. kind of the approach. You start global and you get closer and closer to a local problem. You fix the local problem. And once you quote unquote fix that, you have to go back out globally and teach them how to integrate it into a global pattern or else it's never gonna yeah, get there. That's great. So you you find yourself in the DNS bucket. This is yeah. this is the, uh, the bias you chose and it's yeah. worked well for you. What advantages do you think DNS has over? I mean, we can't pick any others. I mean, I know it, I know you're not a, a this is where you want me to talk shit about everybody. Well, I don't, I don't, <laughs> okay. I mean, I won't, <laughs> like, you right? Because you're, you're obviously other things come into play, you know, you're always considering other things, and yeah. it, it's not exclusive, exclusively pure, 
But when it comes to like, I'm, I really enjoy this process of DNS for myself and my life as a practitioner and how I get to communicate with patients. What advantages do you think DNS has given to you over other ways of being? Um, you know, even just like, I went to chiropractic school. I had never gone to a chiropractor before. Uh, my family had, I hadn't. Uh, I, but I liked the idea of natural. Yeah. I liked the idea of, I, I, you know, I had wanted to become a doctor growing up, but I didn't know exactly what that was. And I didn't exactly know what I wanted to do with that. And, but I liked the idea that, you know, a friend, uh, I could be at a party, I could be at my family and they can complain of some type of primary complaint. And right then and there, I'd be able to do something for them. Uh, and whether you want to call that conservative therapy or natural therapy or whatever, that's what I like. And I like the idea that DNS seems to be the natural kind of foundation for movement and posture. To me, again, I'm biased, but you're not going to convince me of anything else. It has to fall. When I look at a posture, when I look at a movement, when I look at an exercise, I am measuring it against the framework of development that DNS has provided. Um, I just don't see any other way to do it. So that's what I really like about it. I, like I think that's that beautiful. It's, I like it's natural. It, yeah, I think it, that's awesome. Yeah, I, thank you. I appreciate so it. If, if, any, if anyone who's not from the chiropractic or PT world falls into this uh, conversation and they hear you mention natural, I don't want them to get the skewed idea that any of us think that natural replaces any other approach when natural is not appropriate anymore. Yeah. So I'm yeah. not saying that as a disclaimer to you or anyone else. Yeah, yeah. I'm saying we, we know we are, we are highly trained professionals with many leather-bound books and mahogany bookshelves. We know when something, when someone needs a referral. We know when something won't work with our methods anymore. So if like a, a skeptic or a, a medical doctor is listening to this, like we know when it's time to refer, but we do think that there are many situations um, that are, what would you call them? Uh, musculoskeletal in origin should probably be exposed to at least some sort of natural assessment at some point in time. <laughs> first line, first line. Yeah. And then yeah, that, I mean, there. it's funny. I mean, even talking about referrals, it's like, I not, I don't think I was ever like this because I was always kind of scared, but I always want to refer those people. I don't want to try to kill myself working on somebody that just needs a referral out and go somewhere. Right. I mean, number one, no superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, just frankly, out of selfishness, why do I want to kill myself working on the toughest cases in the world when in, in reality, they most likely need a referral. I mean, it's just, yeah that's kind of what it is. So it's like, I've come full circle where I'm always wanting to refer people out. Almost. <laughs> it's like, well, you're not, you know, this isn't working. This isn't working. That's awesome. And uh, patients are like, no, I want to, I want to stay. We can do this. I'm like, no, we can't. <laughs> we, we, you have to go somewhere else. Now let's get into something where DNS just plain sucks. Mm. And that is getting people to know when and where to take your courses. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I can say that when I was in, I was in chiropractic school when I first heard of DNS. And at the time I can, I can vividly remember, I heard of DNS and I heard of Pavel Kolaj. Mm -hmm. I can vividly remember going into Internet Explorer and typing in DNS. And of course that's some type of computer technology. Right. So there was no chance of ever getting to a DNS website of any kind. Then I can remember typing in what I thought, what Pavel, how to spell Pavel Kolaj, because <laughs> nobody ever spelled, oh, you can't, <laughs> Kolaj is spelled K-O-L-A-R. <laughs> there was no chance of locating it. It was nothing. I, I don't remember, you know, you couldn't find it. Um, and in fact, that's how I found Robert Lardner was after I graduated in 2006, 
somebody must have told me how to spell collage or they said if you want to learn dns find robert lardner i i searched for robert lardner and another local chiropractor in chicago named evan osar was hosting a symposium a rehab symposium that robert lardner was speaking at i went to the symposium met robert lardner also met evan osar who i later worked with for a couple of years and never looked back basically so if you want to locate dns seminars they do have a website where all of the course all of the courses are listed um all of the extra materials are listed they have a video a subscription video catalog that's constantly being updated everything from hour-long videos on how to handle pregnant patients and and athletes uh, versus we just had they just actually released one on basic human motor development that i was lucky enough to kind of help them edit a little bit and i i did the english translation of um, and that's all on there as well. The website is www.rehabp as in Paul S.com, Prague School, basically. Okay. Rehabprogschool.com. And all of the courses are listed on there. Great. That's where you would go to to find it. You and do you guys have anything coming up soon? Um, I myself and Robert are teaching the next set of dns integrative assessment courses here in chicago at the end of january um, the courses have been listed on my facebook and instagram uh, as well as uh, have they get, got put out on the D, on the dns official facebook and instagram and they're on the actual uh, dns website as well but the first course is the third week in january and then part two course is at the end of april and hopefully next year we'll start to branch it out to yeah. maybe teach one on the west coast or something like these that. live events been i don't know if you know but there's been some stuff going on lately that have kind of oh, yeah. held up the live events <laughs> tell me about it um, i think covid personally attacked me because in, <laughs> in when i got made a dns instructor after literally 12 years of taking dns courses i said all right i'm gonna go teach dns i had a course lined up in Taiwan. I had a course lined up in, they were talking about yeah. me going to Russia and then, and then here, and then COVID hit and was all over. Party <laughs> over, right? Party over. Yeah, yeah. poor my, me. Uh, poor my me. personal speaking star fell rapidly too, but that's okay. Things <laughs> yeah, happen. It's all right. Um, uh, I appreciate it. We'll make sure we get your, if it's not already up there on our events list as well. We have an events list oh, on our, in our that. Facebook group and we have an events list on our website as well. So we can list that both there. I appreciate um, that. Now I appreciate you. You're a consummate professional. You know your business. You care about people. These You are the exact representative of what we, we would think of as a forward oh, chiropractor. That, oh, that makes me blush. Thank you very much. I really Except really you're not diverse enough. Italian is not diverse <laughs> enough. You need to be not male, not white. Not, oh if, you're, if we're going to hit these well, diversity points. Well, I am all points. of those. <laughs> I'll wear my pinky ring next time and maybe... Well, well that was part of my ACA talk was we are we all own diversity even because it, it seems kind of odd that some sort of fat bald white guy middle-aged straight <laughs> cis normative white guy would be doing a talk about diversity but i was and i wanted people to understand that we all own it like we all have to understand it we all have to embrace it we all have to and we all have different backgrounds that was the whole point yeah. of like sesame street and all those things it's like we are all different every single one of us and that Again, makes it's, no lick of nothing. You still have yeah. to have the same respect, the same dignity towards everybody, and everyone has a chance to win in this um, if, if we can do that. So. Yeah. I mean, it's again, it almost like, like I was saying about the assessment stuff that we're doing, it seemed it's nothing out of it's nothing, it's nothing crazy. That's right. what we all learn. It's normal. That's string theory that's, of everything. Uh, Sesame yeah. Street, good, good assessments. <laughs> Check your work afterwards. And uh, I might steal the string theory analogy. That's and then, yeah, you can have that. And, um, <laughs> and be nice to people and everything else will work out as well. Yeah, there's systems at play in the world that suck and they, they don't work to everyone's advantage. Yeah. Uh, but if we can take it upon ourselves to, to really approach this profession and approach this life uh, squarely and honestly, uh, we can get a long ways with each other. Yeah, well said. Just one thing just to um, just to make sure everybody understands the um, where 
I put out the courses that Robert and I do or, or any DNS course that I host. It's not, you know, uh, billytortorello.com. Uh, we have a Facebook group or a Facebook um, profile called Integrative Manual Therapy and Rehabilitation or IMTR. That's also the Instagram page. So when you see, if you see that IMTR is hosting this course, you know, it'll be titled DNS course, but IMTR is myself and Robert Lardner, just like Gestalt Education is Brett Winchester. Sure. And, and Yeah, it does get kind of complicated, right? The, yeah. the DNS <laughs> sort of like who's... It does. You have it's hosts. It's not centralized. It's decentralized. No. It, is, it so. is. It really is. Even, I mean, unfortunately, even the pricing, it's like, you know, you sure. take a course over here, a course over there, the prices go... So it's not like... Um, you know, like a ART where they own the no. whole game and then you've no. got to, you've got to take, you know, the courses in this succession and, you know, there, you know, there is a bit of that, of course, coronation you have to take... afterwards and yeah. <laughs> the big, the big ball. Yeah, right, right, right. right. Um, you know, uh, like I've already said all the nice things I can about you. So, and I've, oh, I've never had well, anyone I, say something not nice about you. So, oh, I, that, that's, I appreciate your time. <laughs> you didn't see me early on Facebook. <laughs> I created a lot of enemies at that point. Uh, yeah, I still try to. I, I do it purposely. Like I, you know, I, I don't know. I'm in a unique position where I can just say whatever the hell I want, and I don't. That's a, a nice position to be in. Um, but I'm not dumb about it either. It's just uh, some things need to be said. And sometimes I get what I think needs to be said wrong, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm willing okay. to take that risk. Yeah, that's um, okay. Just to see what the outcome is. Uh, just as long as people understand that on the on the underside of everything, I do care tremendously about a lot of people and about this profession. Uh, yeah. It's just sometimes oh, that, you need, no, that comes across. You need a that fire definitely. brand to sort of like push things in certain directions. I couldn't agree more. I couldn't agree. Uh, more. And then we need you on the other end. People like you that are professional and. And, and can put a good cover on the page. <laughs> Try to. Trying to. All right, man. I'll talk to you later. Uh, have Bobby, a good night. Again, thank you very much. Thank you to the FTCA for always considering me and helping me in every way you guys could. Now, these are cool great. people. Now, everyone remember, I started the FTCA, but there's a tremendous team that does the FTCA now. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and we really appreciate. We've got a lot of stuff in the works. So if you guys want to be members, it's cheap. Uh, do it. And we're going to build from there. Definitely so, worth it. Take it easy. So I got to, when I stop this, just so you know, I got to stop this and then I got to stop it again. So I'll say goodbye here. All right, Bobby. Take it easy. Have a good night. Thank you very much again.